Have you ever been going through something really hard, like starting a business and wondering what in the world you're doing or transitioning to working from home and wondering how in the world you're supposed to do this? And when you're in these seasons, you just wish that there was somebody that you could ask for advice that you could you could seek out their insight, they could walk alongside of you during this hard season. Well, that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today on the podcast as I interview Courtney Lohman. And I know that this episode is going to bring so much wisdom, both in how to learn how to be discipled and how to be a discipler yourself. You're going to want to stick around. This is really important for entrepreneurs um, and really any hard season you might be in. So I hope you'll join us as we dive into all things discipleship. If you're feeling God call you to pivot life as you know it by leaving your career plans to start an online business and you're terrified of how you'd ever actually pull that off, then you're a mama with a calling and this is the podcast for you. Here's where we'll talk about everything from choosing the right business and running it as a mom to biblical inspiration and motivation to conquer your fears. Because even though it's causing you some anxiety, you're also excited because you know God's calling you to it. And that means you're headed to a life with more joy, fulfillment, and purpose like you've always wanted. Hi, I'm Alexia Carrillo, fellow Mama with the Calling, and I'm passionate about helping other moms like you step into their calling and not stay stuck in their career for fear of going against the grain. I believe it's okay to pivot and follow God's calling on your life without the guilt or shame for not doing what the world says you should do. This is the Mama with the Calling podcast where we'll figure out how you can actually make this wild calling on your life become a reality. Let's grab some coffee and dive in. Hey, hey. So today, before we dive into the episode where I'm going to be interviewing Courtney Lohman from the Journey of Ruth podcast, this is a great conversation. We're going to be talking all about discipleship, which is totally her jam. She is so much fun and she has so much wisdom and it's going to be such an amazing episode. So I hope you're going to stick around to hear how to apply discipleship, which by the way, is probably not what you were thinking. At least it's not what I was thinking. I learned a lot in this interview Um, but how to use that in this season that you're in. If you're going through something like starting a business or transitioning to working from home or, you know, any of those things, this is a really powerful conversation. But I wanted to let you know before we get into the episode um, that Courtney is actually putting on a conference called the Entrust Discipleship Conference. And that's actually happening next week, September 24th, 2022, if you're listening to this live and this is in Glendale, Arizona. It's it is it is live and in person. So if you're in the area or if you want to go there, right, then you can buy tickets for that right now. It's super affordable. And this conference is really designed to equip women to be the disciple makers they are commanded to be. And you know, if you go to the to the page there, you can see all the information. But if this is something that really interests you, you're wanting to learn more about it, I would really encourage you to check out the Entrust in, in Conference. All right. I just wanted to mention that. Now let's get into today's episode. All right. Thank you. Um, welcome back to the Mom with a Calling podcast. I'm Alexia. And today I have Courtney Lohman from the Journey of Ruth podcast. And this is a podcast where she encourages women to undergo discipleship and encourages them in their faith. So thank you, Courtney, for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me here. And it's great to speak with you again. I know. Yeah. We chatted a little bit before and it was just a really great conversation. And I just can't wait to dive into this because even in our pre-conversation, I sort of realized like I even had some misconceptions about 
what discipleship really is. And Mm. maybe it's like on a broader um, application. So that's why I'm so excited to talk about it because I think it's just, it's just going to be so good for the listeners here. So let's just dive in there. So let's get started by talking about what discipleship is and why you have such a heart for it. Uh, It was a journey for me to get to the point where I began to realize that discipleship was my passion for sure. And, um, I think that, uh, discipleship, your definition of it, um, can be very different. And if you were to ask a room full of, um, Jesus followers, what does the word discipleship mean? Some would have no clue. Um, some would have a very specific definition and then some would kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like Jesus and the disciples and something having to do with that. Um, so to say that this is the definition, (laughs) it would not be true. Uh, I have read many books on discipleship and there are many different definitions, but this is the one that I kind of follow by. And the one that I really, um, kind of base my ministry on, and that is the discipleship is two Christians walking side by side, uh, encouraging one another to be more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people assume that discipleship can be more of like a teacher student relationship. Um, so you have to have someone who is teaching the other one. And while in a discipleship relationship, absolutely. Most of the time you're going to have one person that's farther along in their walk with Jesus. Um, it's not like, well, you have to have the gift of teaching in order to be a discipler. Um, really you're just a couple steps ahead of that person. And then you're walking alongside helping them maybe in an area where you're like, Oh man, I mean, okay. So we're both moms. (laughs) I've been there in the trenches, uh, potty training or sleep training, or, you know, helping that, that kindergartner sit down and do homework for the first time. And that first week of school, or if you're a homeschool mom, that is a that is a community. When I started homeschooling during the, um, during the pandemic, uh, I, I had so many friends that agreed to walk alongside me, mm-hmm. um, and help me do well at that. Uh, we don't homeschool anymore, but like, I felt like I could be successful because I had other moms that walked alongside me. So that's really what discipleship is. And, and it's anytime that you're a disciple of something, you can be a disciple of Buddha. You can be a disciple of, um, really any God, any person. I mean, I suppose you could be a disciple of Elvis, <laughs> you know, if you wanted to, uh, you're basically trying to make yourself more like that person. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be that person. And, and so the caveat there in Christian discipleship versus being a disciple of anyone else is that I'm not trying to make anyone that I'm discipling more like Courtney my, and if I've done that in the end, if I've created a second Courtney, if I've created a clone, I've done it totally wrong. My goal is to make, is to help them. I can't make them do anything, help them become more like Jesus, uh, in everything that we do, whenever we're together, any advice that I'm giving any, um, you know, scripture study that we're doing together, it's about becoming more like Jesus, not having them become more like me, which I think sometimes takes the pressure off. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, Ooh, I've done a lot of things in my right. life. Like you do not want to be like me. Mm-hmm. Well, good thing. Discipleship isn't about making them like you. It's about making, you right. know, helping them become like Jesus. Yes. And 
gosh, I have so many thoughts there. Well, one, I love that explanation because, you know, that, that just makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's not, there's not this, of course, as a Christian, I think of discipleship as being like being more like Christ, but what I, what I was referring to in that, you know, different example or different explanation is like you said, it's, it's somebody walking alongside you kind of helping to point you toward him. And that's a, that's like another layer of it that I feel like a lot of us don't think about. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you were talking about it, that's, I mean, I've thought for a while, that's kind of in my heart. I just didn't know what to call it, but around like the the business that I'm doing, the podcast I have, because I'm like, I want to walk alongside women who are doing this business and, you know, working from home and leaving their jobs. And it's like, but what do you, what do you call that? So um, I think it's, important in all aspects of life, obviously, yeah. but really in particular to the, to the women that are listening to this, I just feel like when you're doing something really hard, like you said, homeschooling, um, you know, I started homeschooling and for sure, like on my own, I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> but when I, ha- mm-hmm. I have friends who have been homeschooling and I'm like, you know, I'll come to them with all my worries and they're like, that's normal. You're confused. Like you're totally diving in too far, too fast, you know? And they yes. kind of wrote me back in or they're like, actually, here's a resource like just over here. Mm. And it just saves me from like going crazy. Um, but it's important, like you said, to make sure. And I guess that's part of our discernment is whoever you're in this relationship with um, to make sure they're not trying to make you more like them and that they're not yeah. pointing to themselves. And that kind of brings me to the, to the question of, or the thought, I guess it feels like pride is very dangerous in this relationship. So can you speak to that a little bit, um, both on the receiving end of discipleship and then as you're doing it? Cause I feel like it would be really easy to kind of accidentally be like, you need to be like me. I'm awesome. You know? <laughs> it depends on the, um, it depends on the personality, but for those of us that have really big personalities, me, uh, yes, it can become very easy, um, especially to like, um, like say, okay, here's what we're going to learn. And here's, where we're going to take you. And here's your goals. What, you know, when you're meeting with that person and you get them to the point where they see those goals realized and you're like, yes, you know, look what I did. Look what we did. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I think it's important whether you are being discipled or whether you are discipling someone else, um, it's important to remember that Christ is the center of it all. And so in everything, you're starting your time together in prayer. Um, I think that's really important. And, and sometimes people think, okay, does discipleship mean that like we're meeting for like a two hour Bible study once a week? I, I don't know if that's what you need, then go for it. You know, I had a girlfriend that we, we met for mutual discipleship. Uh, and we started with a two week or two hour Bible study. We were stay at home moms. And then it turned into a five hour Bible study, but that's because in a few years we increased from having one kid to five kids between the two. And we just, with five kids trying to get a Bible study in was like pulling teeth. Mm -hmm. So, but all of that to say, when you're meeting with someone, um, I think it's important in a discipleship relationship to know number one, what you're meeting for. So setting those clear expectations for that friend. And I, it was mutual encouragement through scripture, mm-hmm. through the, the study of scripture. So we knew we were just going to hang out until we were like done mm-hmm. and we were going to make sure that we talked about our study. And then we were going to make sure we prayed together. Um, and those were like the two focuses that we made sure, um, that we completed it by the time we left. So knowing what you're going to, uh, talk about 
is really helpful. So when you are choosing someone to disciple you, you also need to know what your goals are. Are you looking for someone to help you become a more godly and more moral entrepreneur? Then you're going to look for that woman who owns her business and runs it unapologetically in line with scripture, even if that means that she makes a really hard business decision that doesn't make sense to anyone in the business world. I've seen people make decisions and it's like, that is not how you do it. Okay. I get it that, you know, there's loopholes this way, but I, that doesn't sit well Mm -hmm. with my morality. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to choose to run my business this way to make sure that I don't have to answer to God. I don't ever have to answer to you, but I have to answer to God in the Mm -hmm. end. So I'm going to choose to run my business this way. And so if that's what you're looking for, um, maybe you are a, a mom and you're looking for encouragement on how you can make sure that you are discipling your children at home to love Jesus and to grow up as Jesus followers. And you're looking for another mom to walk alongside you and encourage you in how to do that. You're looking at this mom. She's got, you know, you've got young kids, but she's got high schoolers, maybe college age kids, and they are uh, well-behaved. They love Jesus. Uh, you know, they haven't, um, you've met her kids. They're really respectful. Was that mom perfect? I guarantee, you no. you know, and she's probably going to feel like she didn't have much to offer, but you're looking at her kids going, you did something right. Yeah. So agree with what you're going to talk about. And that will help you kind of stay focused on, is it godly parenting? Is it godly entrepreneurship? Is it, um, accountability to be spending time with God on a weekly basis that helps you keep the focus, the focus. Um, and then, like I said, prayer is always something that you are doing when you are together. Um, you're starting with prayer and you're ending with prayer. Um, I don't mean like you have to pray for like hours on end, start with a quick prayer, but at the end, be praying for each other. And, and part of that requires uh, being open and being honest. Mm -hmm. Discipleship does not work at a surface level. It just doesn't. And this is why a lot of people would rather avoid discipleship Mm -hmm. because it requires, uh, um, vulnerability. Yeah. And it requires honesty for someone to truly speak into your life. Mm -hmm. They have to know you. Um, and that is why if you look at influencers on social media, if you look at celebrities, they're going to tell you what shoes you should buy, what clothes you should wear, what face products you should use, what headphones you should you know, be wearing, how you should cut your hair. They're going to tell you all of these things. They might even tell you how you should parent your children, what your marriage should look like, how you should clean your house. They're going to have all kinds of ideas about what you should be doing. And that's why we call them influencers. And that's why people can make millions of dollars just telling you how you should live your life. But the truth about those influencers is that they don't know anything about you. They know what worked for them or they know who's going to pay them the most to push their products, but they don't know you. Your discipler is going to know you because, and, and if they don't, you're, you're not going to get the full value of what discipleship can offer. So that's up to you as the person being discipled. But if you let them in, that discipler is going to be able to give you real, specific, clear advice to help you in that area because they know your company. 
They know your mission, vision, vision, and values. Mm -hmm. They know the names of the people that you employ. Um, they know the names of your kids and the names of your, uh, the name names of your husbands. I hope not the name <laughs> of your husband. <laughs> uh, they, um, they know your strengths and they know your weaknesses. So they know how to pray for you and they know, um, they can help to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. And if you look at discipleship, that word is really close to discipline. Um, they're not there to discipline you, but they are there to help you remain disciplined, whether that's in your marriage or your parenting or whatever area they are encouraging you in. So I think it's just a clarity of your perspective, remaining in prayer together, and then making sure that you're vulnerable and honest. If you're setting it up like that and setting up clear expectations, you can keep God as the focus of your, your time together. No, I think that's really good. And as you were talking about the influencers, I was thinking about how a lot of times, especially as moms, but as anybody, I mean, that's kind of the danger I feel like of social media, right? Is that we end up looking at what everybody else is doing and thinking that's what we should be doing. And then feeling Mm -hmm. really crappy about ourselves because it's like, well, I can't do what she's doing. And I would even, um, I do that a lot with parenting, I think, because I'm my son has ADHD and I struggle a lot with his behavior and just trying to do things well for him. And now that we're homeschooling, like all of that. And so as I'm looking, I had to stop actually, cause I, I can't, if I start looking to like Instagram, Instagram can be great for giving like knowledge or just seeing behind the scenes and getting ideas. But when I would take that information and like tell a friend and she knows my situation, you know, she knows me and knows my son. Yeah. She's like, well, that, like, but does that kid that she's talking to have ADHD? If he doesn't, and he's not your son and he's not, you know, like you, we each bring so much to the table that we're working with that sometimes it can illuminate something that you might need to work on or an idea, but it's like, if we just take it as this is how it's supposed to be, then it can really weigh on us. And like, you're saying, a, are they even Christians? <laughs> like you're listening to this That's input true. from something that it's like, who yeah. said they should, whatever. Um, and then yeah. So like this, this difference between an influencer and somebody just giving you information versus this discipleship model. And as you were talking, I was, I was going to ask, but I think you kind of alluded to it where it's like, what's the difference? Like wh- there seems to be this deeper value of discipleship, mm. obviously, versus like just getting the knowledge from a book or like reading books. Yeah. I mean, you can right do that, but this mm-hmm. discipleship relationship, it sounds similar to what we call, um, like at my church, it's called discipleship groups, is what it is. but you do like three, like two to four, four to six women, um, that yes. get together and you kind of dive in for like a year at a time over scripture and stuff. Mm-hmm. But even still, if it's more than one person, it's kind of hard to really dive into that, um, level. So I was wondering, like, I think it sounds awesome, but then like, how do you find this person? Like, is it good to be like your best friend or should like, are, what are some like parameters for what you should be looking for? And then how, how do you, where do you find these people? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I want to say that that discipleship can happen in many different uh, venues. So discipleship can happen on the larger church level. Um, and so your pastor is going to be discipling his flock um, as he is sharing. But you're right in the fact that like uh, he cannot individually disciple every single person in his church. Right. Mm-hmm. But discipleship um, can be, uh, cast as a vision for the church from that pastor. Small groups is actually, I think a great place 
for discipleship. These discipleship groups that you're talking about is a great place because now you're going to have uh, a collective mind, you know, and, um, while one person may not have the answer, there might be somebody else who does have that answer. And I hear you saying like, we're, we're going to meet for one year. Uh, that's great. Sometimes discipleship is, is for your entire life. I have women that have been discipling me like since I was five, you know, and they're like, Courtney, this is true about you. And I know that because I have known you since before you could, you knew that you needed to hide things, (laughs) right? Like you get into high school and you're like, oh, I need to hide these part of my characters. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but we feel that pressure. They're like, I've known you before. Like you knew that you needed to not talk so much. And, and so they can really like no deep, deeper parts about me. Um, so sometimes they are lifelong relationships and sometimes it's just for a season. So you may be with a discipleship group for a season, but out of that discipleship group, maybe may come like one woman or two women that you really connect with. And so you keep up that relationship for longer than however long that small group meets or, um, you know, that Sunday school, however your church kind of handles it. Um, there are three different types of discipleship relationships, and it's important to understand, um, that they are different and yet they are all necessary for us to experience, uh, community, full community as the Bible defines it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we call it the discipleship tree. Um, and this comes from, a, uh, there's a a great Bible study called open your Bible from the girls that she reads truth. Um, they have wonderful Bible study resources. And one of the pictures that they give is a, a, a tree you're, you're in a tree. And when you're climbing a tree and you're only five, you're only going to go up so high. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you're going to get kind of scared and not really sure that you can go any farther. So you're going to climb back down. But then a couple of years later, if you climb that same tree, you can go a little bit higher. And then you're in high school, you know, you're climbing even higher and because you're learning the routes and you're learning what the easier ways are to get to the top of this tree. Mm -hmm. When you are talking about the tree of Christianity, though, when you look around in the tree, you begin to realize that you're not the only one climbing that tree. Mm -hmm. And that is where we can begin to kind of depend upon the other people that are around us in community. So we've got the people that are above us. And those are going to be our Paul's. We know Paul wrote most of the new Testament. Um, he is an example of what it means to disciple others and send them out. He had so many in his letters. He talks about, Hey, I can't come to you people of Philippi. So I'm going to send you this guy and he's going to minister to you. And Hey, I'm sending this letter by way of this guy. And you begin to see that he's he's discipled these gentlemen and then sent them out on mission in areas that he physically can't get to Mm -hmm. because he's busy or he's sick or he's in prison or whatever it might be. So our Paul's are people that are going to are above us in that tree and they're going to reach down and they're going to help us figure out how to get just a couple steps higher. So there are disciplers, um, or our mentors. Um, those are our Paul's up above us in the tree, right along the same level as us are our Barnabas. Barnabas. (laughs) Barnabas <laughs> uh, we all need a Barnabas in our life, right? Uh, someone who encourages 
us. And that he Barnabas in scripture was an encouragement to Paul. And so that woman that I talked about that I met with for the five hour Bible study, she is a Barnabas to me and we encourage each other. We're in the same stage of life. These are often the easier ones to find mm-hmm. in our life because we've already got them around us. Most of the time, there are friends that have been our friends for a long time or that we, we can connect because our children are the same age or we, you know, we both just started a business. And so we're experiencing some of the same trials, whatever it might be. So we've got our Paul's, we've got our Barnabas, and then we've got Timothy's that are actually below us in the tree. And so we get the chance to reach down and help our Timothy's to come up in their relationship. So we become the Paul now. We become the Paul to a Timothy to help them up. If you don't have that complete picture, then you miss out on a part of true Christian community. Um, and I, a lot of times, like I said, it's really easy for us to find the Barnabas it's really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Paul's and the Timothy's usually, if we're not reaching for a Timothy, it's because we don't feel qualified. We're convinced that we have nothing to share and that is not true. There is someone out there that needs to hear what you've gone through, the struggles and the victories. And then if we're not reaching up, it's because we don't even know where to go or where to start. So this goes, goes to your question now of where do we find it? Um, I would love for your listeners to go to um, journeyruth.com slash download. And I've actually created a process called the play process because I got that question so many times and I was like, you know, explaining it to people. And then I'm like, here, I'm just going to put it down in a worksheet, free download. And (laughs) you know, you can go and uh, work your way through it, but it's the P L A A the play process. I know that's not how you spell play, but that's how I spell play. Uh, and the P stands for prayer. So we're right back to that thing. We said that's so necessary in Mm -hmm. discipleship. You start with prayer, um, on the worksheet. I ask a couple questions. Like, what are you looking for? What area of your life are you looking for, you know, mentorship and discipleship in? Um, I give a couple of verses and biblical examples of what good discipleship looks like. And then I say, what are you praying for? Who are you praying for? Not like a name. I mean, what kind of person are you looking for? Mm -hmm. Let's write the qualities of that person down right now before you even meet them. Mm -hmm. Um, then the L is for look. And I ask you to start looking around you at the people that are already in your sphere of influence and start writing down names of people you see that fulfill these things you're looking for in a disciple. You've already prayed for them. So now let's look around and we're going to write down multiple names, not just one, multiple names, then the a, and a lot of people like, oh, this is the act part. This is where I go and say, Hey, I want you to disciple me. And actually, no, it's not. We're going to, um, ask first. So we're going to ask them to go have coffee, or we're going to ask them to come over to our house for dinner, or we're going to, we're going to ask them to spend a little bit of time with us. And when we are with them, we're going to ask lots of questions where we're going to get to know them more. And it's going to become obvious if this person is really someone that you want to give influence in your life. Cause basically that's what you're doing. You're going to be giving this person influence, uh, to speak into, you know, your situations and, and your business and your family and your marriage. Um, and then finally, if you, 
ask and you're like, yes, this person is, is the person I want. That's when you act. And that's when you say to them, Hey, I've been praying. I've been praying for someone to disciple me. And, and you really fill the things that I'm looking for. And would you be interested in spending a little bit of time with me? Here's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Here's the area that I'm, you know, I really respect your marriage and I'm looking for, you know, just a little bit of guidance on how to be a godly wife. And I see that, that you're a godly wife and would you willing to like sit with me and encourage me in that? Will you pray about this? Cause remember you got to pray. You already did the praying, right? Give them time to pray about it too. Um, would you pray about this and get back to me? So they're now going with, they know what the expectations are. Um, and they're going to go and pray. If they say yes, you know that they've taken the time to consider and they're dedicated. Mm -hmm. If they say no, what you know is that they're not saying no, just because "Ah, I don't really know what that means. No, that's okay. They've taken the time and they're saying no, because they want to respect your time and the search that you have put so much time into. Mm -hmm. And then your search is not over. You get to go back to the look. Remember how we listed several names instead of just one, you get to go back to that list and look at those names say, okay, well, I thought it was that person. I guess it's, this has happened to me. I thought it was this person and it wasn't. So now who's the next person that I might ask to go to coffee and start the process over with them. So yeah, journeyofruth.com slash download. You can download the play process worksheet and work through it in your own context. Uh, if you're looking to disciple someone, you can also use it that way. Pray for who you might like to disciple. Look for the people you already have in your sphere of influence. Ask them if they are looking, if they might be interested in entering into a discipling relationship with you. And then, you know, well, ask them, get to know them a little more and then act and ask them if they might be wanting to do that. Mm -hmm. It's nerve wracking, but when you've done that preparation, I feel like you walk into it feeling a little more confident. Well, and I think, I mean, that's perfect, right? You saw that people were asking because it's, it it Mm -hmm. totally makes sense to create that download, which is perfect. But I also think as you're talking about this, I have a couple of thoughts. Like one, I feel like this is a level of community that I'm actually in a, in our little D group. We're actually going through Paul's letters in order and sort mm, of yeah. like seeing his progression and stuff. And in Thessalonians, you, which is where we started. Cause anyway, and so like, you know, you see that he's trying so hard to disciple and like how, and trying to like lead these, like starting these churches and lifting them up and writing back to them and all of this. Um, but one of the things that sticks out to me about the early churches, when he reaches back out to them. He's like, I thought for sure that you guys were going to, you know, basically be like out like that. I I was only there for a little bit and then I had to get ushered away. And he's like, I just, I had to get back to you. He's like, but you're, you're fine. (laughs) He's like talking about this, the way they're loving each other and the way they're kind of just walking in the spirit. And I was like, we Mm -hmm. don't live like that today. Like people that I know, like we don't, Mm -hmm. this level of community and this, um, loving each other and like this discipleship model almost feels like it should just be a thing that every, like that all of us are doing always. So, but it's not, I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I guess societal norms, the enemy is getting there telling us that we don't need to do it, all of these things. So um, I think that's, it's, it's, when I hear it, it sounds like so amazing, but I also think, like you said, find, creating it in practice, but I'm wondering 
to convince people who are still, maybe they're really nervous about asking somebody, or it feels like a lot of work Mm -hmm. or whatever. Can you speak a little bit like, yes, you talked about, um, you know, Paul Barnabas and Timothy, but like, how important is this to Mm. our walk as Christians, to our faith? And then like, what does it feel like if like, what are you missing if you don't do this? Like when this isn't Mm. a part of your life, like, is that really I guess in my mind, it's like, does God even intend that for us? Does he actually intend this discipleship model kind of always? And we're like missing out. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something that has kind of left um, culture in general um, because we have outsourced so many things in our life. Uh, We are no longer going and asking for hard uh, let's see, we're no longer going and asking for hard wisdom, um, from our moms and our grandmas and our aunts, we are going to the internet because then we don't have to have that awkward conversation. So we're going to outsource that need for help. We, um, don't want to have uh, the, some of the hard conversations with our kids. So we're going to allow, um, society or school to tell them about certain parts of their life and their, uh, who they are as a person and, uh, what a healthy relationship looks like, because it's easier to just let somebody else deal with the hard questions. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've outsourced that, um, we have outsourced, uh, and, and this is one for us as parents, but also as individuals, we have outsourced our, um, growth in our relationship with Jesus Christ to the church and to the time we spend within the church walls. And we're forgetting that our growth in Jesus Christ is our own responsibility it is not the responsibility of our pastor to make sure that we are growing in our relationship with Christ. It is not the job of our small group leader to make sure that I'm learning something each week. And so then when we go to church and we hear a message that we've heard a couple times, maybe from different pulpits or whatever, we're like, Oh, I learned nothing. Well, that is not the pastor's fault. <laughs> like if you didn't learn anything, then you either weren't listening or you didn't take the time to then take that text that he was preaching on, or she was preaching on home and, and do a little bit more, you know, in-depth dive to see what God wanted to speak to you about. So, um, we have kind of outsourced so much that we are, um, we can go and like, let somebody else do it, do a lot of things in our life for us. Mm -hmm. And, um, we don't have to get uncomfortable. Discipleship is necessary, but it's also uncomfortable sometimes because we are taking responsibility for our own relationship with Jesus Christ. We're inviting other people to come in and speak truth to us. But like I said earlier, the reason why it's so important is because they're speaking your truth. Mm-hmm. They're speaking truth to your story. They're speaking to you about your son who they know has ADHD. I can give you motherhood advice right now, but I don't know what it looks like to mother a son with ADHD. And so then you have to take everything and filter it through like a, well, thanks for that. 
but, but I've already tried that and it didn't work. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so one of the, a, a mom that I know at my church, she said, you know, you young girls, in some ways you have it easy because everything that happens with your children, you can just go look it up online <laughs> and see, Oh, at age four, that's totally normal. Oh, hallelujah. He's not crazy. You right. know, like, uh, whatever it might be. But then also I'm like, well, what did you guys do? She goes, I called my mom. I called my grandma and I said, my kid is doing this. Is it normal? Or is he like, you know, destined for, you know, crazy town (laughs) and, you know, and, and for the grandmother to then say, honey, relax. He's just a normal, normal four-year-old boy. Oh, okay. That relationship is a lot more important than it is uh, then just finding out the information and then having that information in your head, mm-hmm. there's something deeper. There's something better about going to someone for that information. My husband and I, we have marriage mentors. Mm-hmm. When we have a struggle in our marriage that we can't get through together, we call them, uh, and ask them to come over and sit down with us and chat through it. They know us really well. They've walked through a large chunk of our marriage with us. And so sometimes they'll be like, guys, first we want to affirm that, Hey, at least you fixed the last issue. <laughs> Start, on <laughs> <You know? positive. laughs> Start out on a positive. Now let's talk about what's going on here, but we don't have marriage mentors because our marriage is falling apart. We have marriage mentors because we want to remain and continue a healthy marriage. So don't see having a disciple or as something that only happens when you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. or something that you only need when you're struggling. It's something that is going to help you in your healthy times and in your, um, in your times when you're struggling, you know, at times you're going to be there and they're going to be encouraging you. And then there are other times where you're literally going to lean on them because you are so weak, but they know you so well, they know how to, you know, help you up. They know, Hey, I'm going to come and watch your son while you and your husband go on a date night. Because I know from you that you guys don't get enough date nights and I can see that you need a break. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm going to do that for you. And you're not going to, you're not going to ask me, I'm going to tell you that, you know? Yeah, Yeah, basically like, you know, cause sometimes we also feel like I don't want to impose. I don't want to like, you know, I do they even want to take care of my son. I don't want to like ask someone else. This is how I, how I feel at least. Does anyone really want to take care of my kids? Mm-hmm. But for them to step in and say, no, we're going to come in and we're going to watch your kids. So you guys can go on a date. That's, that's a big deal. That's someone who knows you. So is it important in the society? Yes. And I discovered this when I was a high school teacher and I had young girls coming into my office asking me, their choir teacher, uh, who had only known them for a matter of months, maybe a couple of years at that point in time. But, you know, just as a choir student, um, for some really heavy life advice. And, um, I began to realize that if people don't have a discipler or if they don't have someone in their life, that's mentoring them, they have three options, Google, not great. Uh, social media. Once again, I mean, that's a, that's a, a real crap shoot there. You mm-hmm. could get some good advice. Yeah. You could, right. You might, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of bad advice to sort through before you. And if you don't really know what you're doing, how do you know what the good advice is? Right. Um, so <laughs> social media or go to their friends who have no more life experience than they do. 
and are probably just speaking from emotion or from an example that they had in their life, good or bad. So that is why it is critical for us to have discipleship relationships without it. We feel disconnected. Hello, COVID, right? That, that showed us that we're meant to be connected with people. And, um, then when we need help or when we need advice, we're just like, we have to just throw our advice up in the air and hope that somebody will respond and hope that somebody, whoever does respond actually gives us wise advice. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that can be hard. And if you have a discipleship relationship, you know where to go. Yeah. And you said, like you said, there's a discipler in like different areas of your life too. It might not just be one person. So that's really important too. And as you're talking about this, this model, I was thinking about, um, like the grandparents and the parents, um, obviously Mm -hmm. there are different situations where that might not be possible, but, um, it's sort of because we don't, that, that strengthens your relationship with your mom and your relationship with your grandma, right. When you do that. But then there's sometimes like, this is kind of my situation where there is like, I don't really want their, like, I know them. (laughs) I don't want their infant. Right. And so then it's Uh like, we're sort of left if we don't pray and find somebody else because God designed these families. Right. And that is how it was originally supposed to be, where we would seek that wisdom from each other. Well, now it's like, you know, seeking that out and finding someone because it does leave you feeling when you don't have somebody to look to. I see, I always mm-hmm. say like, I don't feel like I have a model for parenting or like somebody to ask, you know, like I need to ask somebody. Yeah. And so when you don't, if you're not walking as in like as a Christian, or if you're just not mature enough to know where to look, you can find yourself kind of just floundering along and not even, you know, not even knowing what to do. Like you said, social media, Google, whatever kind of comes at you, your other friends who also don't have any clue what's going on. Um, so, I just and can think, I speak into that yeah. a little bit? Like you talked about, like when you don't feel comfortable, uh, that is absolutely true. Um, obviously we want to create a safe space where our kids are going to feel free to come and talk to us like, uh, when they're five, but also when they're 15 mm-hmm. and they've got these really like hard life or when they're, you know, twenties, thirties, we want to create a safe space where they're going to come and talk to us about like, yes, the fun things, but then like the hard things in life and know that we're not going to judge them, right. That we're going to respond in love, but there are just some things, or it might even be, Hey, my relationship with my mom is not going so well. How do I help that relationship and, and still respect her? Mm -hmm. right? I now have kids of my own and I feel like my mom is pushing boundaries. How can I make these boundaries clear, uh, without hurting her feelings? That's not a question you ask your mom. (laughs) mom, How can we set some boundaries? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you have a good mom, then great, but you know, let's hopefully, you know, that's your situation. But one of the things my parents did is they actually put people in our lives that they knew were going to be wise voices for us. Um, I was a pastor's kid and a lot of people have opinions about the pastor's kids. And my parents were so good to like guard us from some of those opinions. They can guard us from all of them, but to guard us from those, some of those opinions that people had about us. Um, and we, as parents, we have to do that. If there's, you know, like a, a family member that has a, you know, behavior that is not, something that we want our kids to emulate, you know, we have to decide what we're going to do about 
that and, mm-hmm. and what boundaries we're going to draw. My parents allowed people into our lives that they knew would provide wise, uh, would provide wisdom for us then and later on. And what that allowed me was actually people I could go to later on in life. Or if I needed to talk to an adult that wasn't my parents, I knew though, I knew who those people were mm-hmm. and I could call them and say, Hey, can we go to you know, coffee or can we, uh, you know, go shopping and get ice cream and then I could open up to them. So I believe that it is our job as parents too, to provide that those relationships and help like steer our kids towards who is it that you can trust? Who is it? If mommy and daddy don't feel like an, you know, a place, obviously we're probably talking teenage years. Uh, you know, hopefully if you have like little kids, you know, they're talking to you, but like when they become teenagers, if they don't feel like they want to talk to you about something, who is it that they can talk to and have those people into your house, have those people over for dinner, have those people, you know, invite your kids to go, you know, do top golf or, uh, you know, whatever it might be, spend time with your kids and build those relationships. Those were the women that babysat us when my parents were out of town mm-hmm. and we learned to love them and trust them. And, um, and those were the women that, um, would sit next to me at like women's teas and stuff like that. And, 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 and strike up conversation with us. And then I began to realize that they were a safe place. So we have to show our kids where those safe places are and where that wisdom is going to come from. So that they don't have to wonder when they get to a teenager, like, well, who am I going to go to except mom and dad? Right. I know someone I'm going to go to that's not mom and dad. So mm-hmm. that's really good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, I could just keep talking about this. Cause I just feel like there's so many different areas to go into, but yeah. overall, I think that the, I hope the message is clear, right. That we need this in our lives in all three of those kind of zones. Um, mm-hmm. and especially, you know, this, like I said, it applies to everyone, but for sure as entrepreneurs, because a lot of the women listening are either like thinking about leaving their jobs and it's like every bit of the journey is scary. It's like, you're either leaving yeah. your career or you're starting this new journey or you're, you know, home with your kids. And a lot of times you're doing something kind of opposite of what everybody around you might be doing. And so when mm-hmm. you're stepping out in faith and pursuing something that God has put on your heart so strongly, it matters to have this community around you, these people, even if it's just one or, you know, a couple just to have that support as, as you're going. So, um, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for talking to us about this today. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can learn more about you, get in touch with you, all the things. Yeah. Uh, web, my website is journeyofruth.com. Um, and my contact is on there, but uh, my email is Courtney at journeyofruthpodcast.com. And then we are on Instagram and Facebook at journey of Ruth. Thanks for listening to the mama with the calling podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes for today's episode at mama with slash podcast really quick before you head out. Are you loving these episodes? To make sure this podcast gets in the ears of as many mamas as possible, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. I'm going to be reading your reviews on the podcast, so I can't wait to hear from you. Also, if you know someone that needs to hear these episodes, grab a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Mama with a Calling so I can share it in my stories. Until next time, keep pursuing your calling.